Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Super Coach Elites. Welcome back to another Super Coach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the Patreons at www.patreon.com forward slash SC Elites. My name's Corey. Bretta can't join us today, but as always, alongside me is the Bonks Express. Choo choo! That's right, Corey, the Bonks Express is back. And where is Bretta, they may ask? Well, I reckon it's take night with the missus, Corey, if you ask me. <laughs> anyway, before we just rip into Brett, because he doesn't have a chance to get back at us today, uh, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter and Patreon at SC Elites. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elites. And a big shout-out to our friends at Supercoach Championship, um, who or Supercoach Champion. I can never remember that website. Well, it's probably... That's champion. It's because you're thinking about championship ring. Supercoach champion.com. We can get all your Supercoach rings. Um, they do amazing ones. I've got the 2021 sitting right in front of us for the winner of our Patreon League coming at the end. It is absolutely immaculate. Love the look of it. Nice and shiny. Open it all the time. Just put it on just to see how it feels, you know. Just get ready for the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to put it on now, Corey, because that thing will be in my possession come years in. This uh, should be a quick podcast today, Bonds, because we don't have Brett to argue with. Oh, thank, thank fuck for that, Corey. Thank <laughs> fuck for that. We, we should have done the Carlton podcast with them, so that way we didn't have to inform the community about how stupid he was with our pick and dockety. But today we're reviewing um, the, the Demons and uh, the Kangaroos today, aren't we? Yeah, that's correct. It's back on that quick subject, of Brett. I don't want to talk about it too long, but we're in the... Um, I was in Discord chat the other day, a voice chat, I had a couple of the members in there, uh, shout out to good old Jedders, we're we'll, we'll having a chat, it was about a week ago, um, and he was talking about the um, the Carlton podcast, and he's like, is Brett seriously not starting Doherty? And I, I can't even answer him properly, because I don't know what the fuck's going through Brett's head half the time, so I was just like, I don't know, I've got no idea. Yeah, um, look, we just have to take his word for it because when he puts his word on the air, we have to assume that's official. But we uh, we will endeavour to make sure he's not that stupid. Oh, you'll probably get it right too, the bastard. Um, but look, let's get started with Melbourne. Now we are, they should go quick because we do have uh, the member down in Bretta. Uh, who is your Melbourne cash cow, Bombs? Melbourne, well... I'll tell you now, he's probably one of the more popularly owned cash cows at the moment. Let's have a look at his um, ownership. He goes by the name Trent Rivers. Um, now, I'm hoping people aren't just picking him because they think this is Jared Rivers, right? But he's owned actually by 35% of teams. Can you believe that at the moment? Wow. But I'll tell you why, Corey. There's logic behind the madness. Pick number 32 in the draft just gone by. Melbourne's probable greatest weakness right now would be the half-back flank. They tried to get a quick fix when they uh, brought over KK as the state nines and the Stephen May deal. It didn't work. We all know what's going on with Hibbert as well. Hibbert's just no longer that dashing rebounding defender. This guy here has done it for his entire life, Corey. Um, has a disposal efficiency uh, last year in the under-18 champs. He's running at 77% as well, Corey, which is actually very high. And um, he was ranked as one of the best-performed general defenders across that 2019 under-18 competition as well. He ranks in the top three for uh, total disposals. This is for um, uh, defenders. Uncontested possessions, marks, and intercept possessions, very, very importantly as well. He was the number one ranked defender in the Waffle Colts, where he ranked, uh, sorry, where he averaged 100 points in all of his nine games there. So, um, Rivers, I think this is one that will feature in round one and that we will all have starting on our field come round one. Yeah, they definitely targeted 
their position with that draft pick too. So, um, yeah, uh, look, I, I completely agree with you. That's a great one there. Um, I'll go with Harley Bernal. Uh Won't start the start of the season. Bernal, Bernal, however you want to pronounce it. Um, look, a career... If We, we were talking about um, Nikolai Cocker 2 a couple of pods ago. This is a career that has been absolutely riddled by injury. Um, again, when we all got excited, the calf went. But Melbourne still kept faith with him. They kept faith with him. They think he's going to be good enough to go out there and play. Still kicking the ball. Um, yeah, I'm, look, I'm a big fan of the talent that he possesses. What well, wasn't too long ago that he averaged 95 or something in a season for the Gold Coast Suns. Um, well, it felt like an eternity ago now. Um, but I think he will play at some stage during the year. We may not get a lot. Hopefully we get enough of him um, and he can stay fit. And Yeah, come in and serve a role. Be a good downgrade target for us. So... Um, Optimistic, I think you have to be with players like this, and hopefully uh, Harley Bedell gives us a go at some stage. You got any? Look, you you are the out of everyone in this pod, you love bashing an injury-prone player more than anyone. Are you I'll scared? You or? When an injury-prone player in a four-year span averaged 97, 96, 95, and 100, and he costs 123k, if he starts round one, I'm willing to take the risk on that. That's for sure. But I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's been a tease his entire career, this fella. So, Corey, I guarantee this is not an outlandish statement. He won't debut round one. He won't debut till round eight. I've got, I've got inside a word, right? Round eight. What's going to happen is he'll play round eight. He'll come out. He'll score 63. He'll come out in round nine. He'll score 104. And you know what's going to happen, Corey? We're going to be inundated with messages. Should we trade in Harley? And we're going to say, yes, mate, he just came off 104. He's, you know, he's got an 80 average across his two games. Absolutely flying. How can you not pick him? We all pick him up. Round 10 comes out, plays his third game. His cup goes ping in the first quarter. <laughs> uh, it's Corey. If this does not go to script, I will be surprised. <laughs> I can virtually guarantee you, Corey, this is how his season will run. And we're all going to sit here going, fucking knew it. We fucking knew it. But we did it anyway. Get onto so something we will get agency for that bomb. <laughs> what are the odds? I want round eight, round nine. I want exactor scores. I want an injury. I want a calf injury in the first quarter of round 10. I'll tell you now. What, what's the max they offer on one bet? 2,500 to one or something like that? Oh, I've never seen that. Half the agency. Well, I think, I think you can get into the same game multi. I think that's uh, the highest you can get. 20, 2,501 to one. And you can probably have a max bet of five bucks, I reckon. But um, I'll tell you now, if I was a bookmaker, I'd have that scenario at a dollar ten right now. For <laughs> it's, an, it's an absolute lock to happen. Plenty but time. we'll wait and see. But if he's in round one, I think we start with him. But um, what, what can you do? I mean, I, it's worth taking a risk on someone like that when I just rattled off those averages across that four-year span he had a Gold Coast. I think Melbourne have already said that he won't start round one. But yeah, uh, He won't. That's why I said round eight. Um, your mid-pricer, mate. My mid-pricer, now, controversial. Now, we always have a lot of debate about what constitutes a mid-pricer. I'm going to be cheeky. I'm going to acknowledge I'm breaking the rules this time, and I'm going to give you none other than Aaron Vandenberg, Corey, because technically he's rookie-priced. You know about Vandenberg, Corey? Where is he? What's he? Wow. 248. 248 uh, mid-forward. Now, I tell you, if he was about 80k less, I'd probably almost have a... Say that again. He's in his 30s. Him in his 30s? Yeah, well, how old is he? 27. Hey, what are you thinking of Richie Vandenberg, mate? I don't know. I am thinking of Aaron. He just feels like he's been around for a while. 
I think he debuted as well a lot, um, a lot sort of older. Yeah. And I reckon very underrated in the football community in terms of his impact on the Melbourne football team. It's no wonder they were they haven't been the same. He hasn't been playing a lot of footy in recent times, but um, I'm not confident in what else Melbourne have in the mid-price brackets. I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going to say Aaron Vandenberg. I think he's valued. He's certainly underpriced. Yeah, especially because he's a midfielder, so. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Shit, that's a name I completely forgot about. You know you're struggling right. when you're fucking Vandenberg's you well, kind of go You know what happens, Rob, that's right. When you've got no one there, you just keep searching through the list and you've, you're coming across some names here and you're going, shit, can't, she can't, she can't. Is Kate Pooler just injured or coming off an injury? What's the go? I, I don't think so. I just think he's just not anywhere near playing football. He's 207k. Yeah, and midfield only. That's the weird thing. When has he ever been a mid only? Why isn't he listed as a defender? Fuck, imagine that. Bizarre. Great. So I didn't go a couple of years ago. We would have been all about this bloke, especially me. Yeah, yeah. Particularly after, I think was it was his second or third year at Gold Coast where he really sort of kicked it up to, was it mid-80s? Did he get one at one point? Yeah, I think so. I didn't realise right. he was that cheap. I thought he was more expensive than that. Um, my well, mid-price uh, is, uh, yeah, I know. My mid-price is Tom McDonald. Um, I'm not overly ecstatic with it, but I had to pick someone. Um, he had a good year two years ago. 387k. I wouldn't be putting putting the house on him since since um what's his name the bloke that Hogan left. It's kind of destroyed their structure. And I don't think he's good enough to be a key forward. But um, look, I've got to say, anyone, it's T Mac. Moving on, you pretty much. Um, now, well, I assume you're going with um with you want Oliver or Gorn because there's only two primos here. So who do you I, want? I've literally wrote down both of them. I'll just right, go well, with whoever you Well, Gorn is probably the one I'm more likely to start, I would yeah. have thought. So, Gorn, it is 6.97. I mean, you're looking at a Ruckman who's, you know, up around that kind of 130 average for the past two seasons. Um, the only one who's kind of competitive with Grundy in the Ruck position in terms of average. And to be fair, I mean, we're talking about a guy here. I mean, didn't, is he not being top two or top three in terms of like overall points scored or something in the, in the, over the past two years, I believe, in yeah, Supercoach or something yeah, like one, that? 124, 128. It's been absolutely insane what he's been able to produce. And um, look, you know, early on in his career, we thought injury concerns, they were something to be worried about. But he's gone 22 and 21 in the last two years. We've seen about a week ago now that Pruce has gone down for 10 weeks. And um, look, Luke Jackson, I mean, they're not going to play an 18-year-old guy straight away in the ruck when you've got Max Corn sitting there. Am I worried about his preseason injury? No. Why the fuck would I be, Corey? He was, he'd done it, what, four or five weeks ago now? No, not four or five weeks ago, sorry. He'd done it about two weeks ago yeah. and it was about a four, four, four to five-week injury. So and I running a lot earlier than what they thought he would too. And not surprised, mate. He's an absolute machine. And, um, look, I think we'll see him in the third Marsh game because that's the one that the clubs tend to take seriously. He's a proper hit-out. And um, even if he doesn't take to the field there, I'm actually comfortable enough just running him uh, in the, into the first game without even having a game under his belt, to be honest. And he's, he's Max Gorn. Yeah, look, I love it. Um, so mine's Clayton Oliver. I wanted to go with Clary anyway, so I'm glad that you kind of took that on. Um you know, this this is a bloke who come out in his first year. He he come from nowhere in the draft. Um, you know, he was the draft bolter late. Seventy in his first year, and then we go one hundred and eleven, one hundred and thirteen, and one hundred and nine. Um, 
the expectation for Clayton Oliver is absolutely through the roof. Last year, it was it's really tough to call it a down year, isn't it? Because he still averaged so great, but just wasn't those flatline hundreds that we had the year before. Still rated elite for disposals, contested possessions, clearances, ground ball gets, and gathers from hitouts. Now, some interesting stats that I want to have a look at from last year. With 109 average, he went from average to, to, to below average um, for kicking efficiency. Um, and his scoreboard inv um, involvements dropped as well, too. So, I'm confident that we're going to get the same Clayton Oliver. The Clayton Oliver that gives you 30 to 35 possessions each and every game in their contested ball. Now... He's not the greatest kick in the world, but I think his kicking efficiency will go back to at least average this year. I think the scoreboard impact will go up too. I don't expect Melbourne to be a fantastic team, but I think they'll be around the mark of the eight, and I think they'll play a lot better than they did last year. Clayton Oliver is going to improve. I think at 590, it's just such value for money in my eye that I've had him in my team for... I'd say probably about three weeks now, and we spoke about the Hawthorne podcast. If if, he, if Clayton Oliver was going to go up, it would be to Tom Mitchell and Tom Mitchell only. Um, but I'm pretty happy with that 40k difference right now than, than running Clayton Oliver. I can't see how I'm going to start the season without him. He's just one of those picks that you take the pick and you know what you've got. Straight away, I know what I've got. I've got Clayton Oliver. I've got someone who's going to be around that 110 mark for the rest of the year, and I don't have to worry about it. He may become that player eventually that can go to the 121-25. I don't think it'll happen, but you're going to get that consistency. He's going to be a top 10 midfielder, um, and it just takes the stress around when I'm taking some riskier picks and the likes of Cali and Fife, who may go down injured. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I agree with everything you said, man. He's, he's played 66 out of 66 games the last three years. He's gone 111, 114, 109. I mean... He's gone into his fifth year of football and he's already put up those numbers. This is that kind of player, you know, we touched on, I think it was in the Geelong podcast, you know, Joel Sullivan had 10 years at like more than 104 plus kind of thing. Um, you know, we're going to reflect back in another six years and be like, gee, Oliver, he's had 10 years in a row of at least 104 plus. And um, look, whilst now he may be entering the prime of his career, there's no better time than to uh, jump on, particularly sub 600K. Um and if you can save a few dollars and, and maybe put a few dollars elsewhere, then so be it, because he'll play 22 and he'll be thereabouts for the top 10 midfielders by season's end. Played with the broken hand last year too, or whatever that hand injury was, remember, as well. So, again, yeah. like Sal, with someone who can play through pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think he was underrated for us last year. I think we had him and we moaned and bitched a yep. few times about having him. And maybe that was because, as compared to seasons gone past, I think what he showed us last year was he had more of a ceiling. So he scored 175, he had a score of 158 in there. Yeah. He had more of those kind of scores. But what he did have then was a couple more scores under 100 because I think what we became accustomed to, Clayton Oliver, was just that really kind of consistent 100 to 110 type score. But he's he's gone a bit higher now, which means some of his other scores have come down. But if he can iron out some of those lower games, even just jack those up 10, 15 points and get them in and around that kind of you know, 90 to 100 kind of mark, then we're looking at someone here who, who may well average 120 on the year. Yeah, uh, yeah, love it, love it. And just one of the most lethal combinations in AFL as well, gone to Oliver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that'll only keep getting stronger. Um, your do not pick? My do not pick, Nathan Jones. Um, I love to use this segment as a bit of a let's retire player. Jonesy, you're done. 
No offence, mate. Uh, actually, I can't even call you a civil servant of our Supercoach teams because you've probably never even been that. But, um, look, he's available as a defender, and people might get sucked into that, thinking, ooh, Nathan Jones, kind of know that name. Hmm, maybe I'll go select him. Um, please don't select him. I mean, at the at his absolute prime, he averaged 107, and there was and there's only been one other year in his career where he's averaged uh, more than 100, and that was 100.9. So please don't go be selecting Nathan Jones, thinking you're going to get, you know, 95 to 100 average. That just won't happen. Yeah, I don't mind. I didn't know he was a defender. Yeah, defend him. Oh, there you go. Um, mine is Christian Petrarca. I think he's going to do the mm-hmm. same thing that he does every year. He's going to play high half forward. He's normally that height player. I'm glad I haven't heard his name this year. I don't want to see a Marsh Cup campaign from him because I do not want to be fielding the questions of, oh, my God, is this going to be Petrarca's breakout year? He's a forward. They need him to play down there. Um, he hasn't really lived up to the hype, so I hope we get a good Christian Petrarca, but I don't think he's going to be super coach relevant at all, in, in really in any format. Um, yeah. Yeah, dra- and that's including draft. I think, just think the, the amount of low scores you get in his game is ridiculous. Um, your draft, Smokey? Yeah, I might be ridiculed for this, but you recall someone I spoke about last year, Corey, and I told you he'd get defender status, and I said to you, you know what, I may even pick him up in the last few weeks of draft just because I might want to just, you know, hold on to him come um, come the new season so I know he's going to get defender status. Do you recall who that may have been? Uh, I can only think of Salem, but I think he was already defender. No. no. Yeah, that's correct. Bailey Fritch, Corey. Oh, I remember Fritchie. it now. Fritchie. I, I love it. You know what, I love it. Whether he's playing, you know, kind of in the forward line or whether he's trying to intercept in the back line. I love this. I love it. If he's there in and around your kind of last, mate, I'd even go as far as say he's almost my first bench pick, to be honest. Yeah. I love the selection. I mean, he's gone mid-70s in the first two years of his career, and I can see him pushing that up to 90. And the beauty of him is that he just played some really consistent games, 21, 22 games in his first two seasons, averaged 75 in the first, 76 last year. I think we might see a third-year breakout from him. Maybe he can kick that up to about 90. And I think a, a real kind of late pick uh, might serve you very, very well in defence. Would be so handy in draft because he's a defender forward. Defender forward, yeah, defender that's right. Yeah. Forward. Holy shit, that would be handy. If I may, I may. And you'd probably get him, get him last round. Too. Might, uh, you'd get him well, last I might not now that you know about him. You might yeah. pick it up for me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I absolutely love that pick of Bailey Fritch. And I, yeah, if he's in and around there, snap him up. You didn't hold on to him as one of your keepers. I, did, I actually didn't end up selecting him. Ah, oh, there you go. Um, I, you know what I did? I put Charlie Curtin instead. Nice. And then he's caught that big injury, so, yeah. Uh, my do not touch is... Uh, sorry, my uh, draft smoky is uh, Brayshaw. And it's just... It's, I don't really like to do this, but it's one of those ones that what if he returns to that form that he had two years ago? I'm only doing this if I'm getting him really late. Like, I'm not even taking him around the mid-rounds. He'd have to be a slider and just one of those p- cheeky pickups, like, almost as a bench option, like a bench midfield option. I don't think he'll last that long. But, um, yeah, if he was there kind of late and then running the draft was, like, just remembering last year, he's one that I don't mind taking the risk on. Give him four or five rounds of his shit, drop him and pick someone else. Yeah, and I'll tell you now, the upside might come from them recruiting um, Ed Langdon and um, Tomlinson to kind of fix that kind of wing kind of position, and maybe he'll push back into a more contested type role. And I'll tell you now, if he's able to push back 
into that more contestant-type role, he'll lift his average easily from 83 to 100. And um, I think that just might have been an issue last year. And Melbourne saw a need for that kind of position. They filled it, and, and maybe that means a position will change for him now. Are you at any statement for Melbourne? Um, Melbourne's year last year was not an anomaly. That is the regular moving forward. They're bottom four again this season. Well, mine was Melbourne will play finals. Oh, we're at opposite ends of the spectrum. Well, I guess one of us might be right. Yeah, oh, it was, I was going with a real outlandish there. I think you, uh, you're you believing it. Yeah, they'll sneak in. They'll finish eighth and they'll play finals on the back of a monster year from Gorn and Oliver. Um, North Melbourne, my friend. Your rookie. Cash cow. Shit. Brett's not even here and I can't get away with it. Yeah, you thought Gold Coast was a boring club to talk about. And <laughs> you, you, you fucking just gave me North Melbourne. Jesus Christ, Corey. Um... Cash cow. Um, now, this guy here, Corey, you know, I don't know every time you see my team whether you, you take note of my rookies, actually. Do you ever take note of the rookies and the teams that I send you or anything like that? Uh, not really. No, I just love looking, like I said, I love looking at that one player that he said you'll never pick and just pick in front of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you now, the one you should be keeping an eye on is the Ford mid, uh, Jack Mahoney or Marnie or whatever you want to call him. Regardless, whatever his name is, pick 34 in last year's draft. Now, North Melbourne did not have many picks, but this is one guy they brought in. And I reckon, now, I said before we're giving you your Rivers round one, I'm probably giving you Marnie now round one, particularly with the news in, in recent times that they've had um, a few kind of injuries just pop up. Who's it been again? It's been um, Zebel and um, was it Don Tyson, I think was the other one, and um, Robbie Tarrant, not that that... So it makes a difference. It was Pollock, not Don Tyson. It just came to me then. But there's a spot there, I think, now. Now, Jack Marnie, you might be thinking, who's Jack Marnie? Well, he was the third highest rated player in the under-18 championships, Corey. Okay. And he led the he led the competition for score involvements and score assists. He had the second-best retention rate um, when delivering the ball inside 50 of everyone in the league. And um, he, he had the highest kick rating of anyone, any player, with 20-plus kicks in the championship. Now, he also kicked 21 goals from 24 matches. You're looking at a player here, Corey, who can impact the scoreboard, but who can set up a lot of goals. And I think a little crafty player like that will do North Melbourne a world of good. You keep an eye on him. His name's Jack Marnie, mid four, 117,000. Yeah, I love that. Again, you're doing your homework, and the fans are going to absolutely love you for it. So, nice and happy. Mine, I couldn't go past Aiden Bonner. Really, 202, probably one of the more expensive rookies I've spoken about. Um, they, I can't remember who came out and said it the other day. I, I don't know if it was Shaw or if it was one of the assistant coaches, but they reckon he's right at home. The only problem I have with Bonner is it's a very similar mould to most of the midfielders that they have already. So that could be a little bit tough. Um, but I think he'll complement the likes of Cunners and things well. He's an in and under. He's a big body. I love this kid when he went to GWS. Couldn't get an opportunity there. I think this is his time. Um, North Melbourne seam is one for the future. He's cut the dreads off now. He's got the serious look about him, Bombs. He's ready to go. Um, and I think this is one that most teams should be having a look at. Monitoring in the marsh, but I think there's coming into the start of the season. Right now, Sydney, I don't think there's a way that I'll be starting the season without Aiden Bonner in my team. Just love those cheap, mature bodies. The guys that have had a couple of years in the system. Um, and a prime to bounce, uh, pounce, I should say. So, uh, yeah. big fan of Aiden Bonner. 
I don't take uh, your North Melbourne rookies too seriously. For a few few years, there's been an acronym that goes by LDU, Luke Davies, Uniaki, and he's fucking given us nothing. Who was the other one? There was one before that Uh, too, the year before. There probably was. Uh, It's not coming to me, but I know what you're talking about. Now, Corey, just drop it. I mean, there's 200K North Melbourne players. If you keep picking them, you might get one right, but you're, you're probably going to get a fair few of them wrong. Imagine, I'm the total imagine, opposite of Bonner. Imagine, like you, know, you know how I am with, like, uh, you know, what? what um, oh, my God. Noel Bolter last yeah. year. Um, who was the Melbourne fella? I can't even remember. I can't even remember the boys that are in my circle. Um, oh, the one you got rid of and then... No, nah, the one that I drunk traded in. You drunk traded a Melbourne player last remember year? Remember the rookie? For fuck's sake. Um... Ah, actually, don't recall. Yeah, that. you'll know. Fucking, oh my god, this is gonna kill me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I think I think Ed Vickers Willis was the other one um, that I liked the year before that never made it. I'm going to get these freaking little Melbourne cocksuckers. Right anyway, let me. Mitch Hannon. Mitch Hannon. For fuck's sake. Mitch Hannon. Yeah. You know, oh, I ain't gonna if, if there's a North Melbourne player, he wasn't a defender. He was a forward. No, no, no. Team. But I'm talking about you know my the circle of love that I have. Ah, if there is a North Melbourne player that I get right and emerges, they'll be straight <laughs> into my circle. I can tell you. I can guarantee you. <laughs> oh, man. But, I mean, this Bona, Bonner, whatever you want to call him, Corey, I'm not a fan. I haven't played around with him in my team. The way my team's structured is pretty much only for one $200,000 player that we haven't really seen before. So that excludes your types, that you know, your Stephen Hill types and that. But... I mean, if I'm, you know, putting Bonner up against Matty Rao, I'm probably going to feel more secure with Rao just because, mate, I don't know enough about Bonner and what he's going to bring to the North Melbourne team. I mean, so they're trading in, big deal. Um, you look at champion data, they reckon North Melbourne's got the best midfield in the comp, don't they? Well, second best. So um, how, can he, how can he break into the second best midfield in the comp? It's beyond me. Crazy. Oh, look, uh, champion data lost their fucking marbles. Look, the only saving grace is he's listed as a forward. Um, so, you know, maybe he can warrant a kind of spot in the forward line. But, gee, he'd well, have to have a good match I wouldn't play him in the midfield. I've got him as yeah. F4 right now. F4, right. Okay, so that position for me is Stephen Hill. Yeah, I so, say I'm um, Stephen Hill in defence. Yeah, but do you have Hayden Young? Yep. Oh, okay, so you might bat a little bit deeper in defence then. Okay. Um, anyway, beside the point, um, I think you'll need to have a pretty good Marsh series for us to, or for me anyway, maybe not for you, to sort of get behind that selection. Yeah, he doesn't have to score a lot. I just need to see a bit out of him. Yeah, I'd want to see him, you know, pump at least one ninety in the Marsh to, to make me confident. I'd be, I reckon, I'd be happy with seventies, eighties. Really, at two hundred k? Yeah, yeah. Because, and, so and think, this is my other theory. It's because he's a forward. Yeah, have a look historically in the last couple of years. When we get deeper into those forward rookies, how shit we've had it. Yeah. I, I can guarantee you, for like the last three years, uh, F6 has pumped out like fucking 40s at the start of the year. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Garlic, pick it, Carlton, yeah, so I just want one that even if I've got to pay a little bit more, that just gets that player that normally have an F5 down to F6. Hmm. And you know the thing is, so the players we've kind of got in those positions at the moment, ranking king, we're looking at key position and forward pocket player. So 
the ones we got on field, they probably aren't going to, you know, score a lot of 80s and 90s, are they? They're, yeah. they're probably more going to be your 50s and, and those kind of scores. And, you know, if Bonner can do a 70, then, you know, maybe you pay 80k for an extra 20 points a week. Like, get right now, I, like, I like the look of Whitfield, Martin Smith, Bonner, Cocky, Rankin. Like, if Rankin's my worst thing I've got to worry so about, and that's before yeah. something emerges. Yeah. 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 It's the look. It's because Cockatoo's at forward five. If you had, you know, someone else in that forward five position, you wouldn't like it as much. But I'll tell you now. Not at all. You probably, you might even be downgrading Boner to, to Jack Martin, I reckon. Save yourself 80K, and I reckon he might go all right on the field. Let's face it, if, if, if I need some more money, he's probably the first one out of that team as well. But I, I, I think I'll be all right. Um, <laughs> your mid-pricer, Bob. Well, mid-price, I mean, the whole North Melbourne list is mid-price. The, the, the North Melbourne fan base is mid-price. The coach is mid-price. Um, their fucking premiership cabinet's mid-price. They're just a fucking mid-price unit, aren't they? They're just pathetic, this, this mob. And they're, they're never going to get anywhere. Fair income. Um, I'll give you someone though, and just because I kind of like this play for some reason, I think he's much maligned, but uh, just for Pittard, look, he turned out a 79 and a half average last year. Yeah, wasn't too bad. Um, is he going to be in the special on? No, I don't think so. But um, yeah, I've got to choose someone, don't I? We've got to play the game. Yeah, yeah, they're about as useless as fucking Essendon, let's put it that way. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That was good. Oh, shit. Uh, mine is Luke Davies Uniaki because he's got to emerge yeah, at some stage, is. doesn't he? Yeah, there it is, yeah. Well, according to you, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Are you primo? Um, now, there's only one player that can be considered a premium, and it's not Todd Goldstein, Corey, and it's not Ben Cunnington. Jack Zebel. Shit. You might think, shit, this is weird. Didn't you just say earlier in the podcast he's injured, Bombs? Yes, he's injured. He's got old man calf injury. I'll tell you now, in terms of average, he's gonna he's gonna be up there, this fella. You know when he went under sorry, not when he went under, when um what's his name? Shaw, Reese Shaw, took over the reins from Scott and this bloke moved into the midfield. I'll tell you now, if we see similar numbers to what he produced last year in the back half, then this man here is a top six forward. And yeah. I'm, I'm actually so confident about that. Yeah, the fact that you get him forward is is nice. Um yeah, look, I don't hate it. It just depends how bad, like, this whatever freaking injury he had is. I wasn't really paying too much attention to it when it come out. Come out like, <coughs> is he going to be ready to go? Because they said he might be in doubt for round one. Was that correct? Yeah, look, it's a, yeah. I think it's just the line they kind of put out there. Any injury at this point, I'm not going to start him. One. No one's going to start him. He might be a I'm really not start him. target. But I think he'll be someone we're targeting. Because if he plays those midfield minutes, we say last year. Um, not this forward line bullshit. Now, the interesting thing with him is he's only averaged over 93 times in his career. Do you believe that? Yeah, because he's, really, he's played a lot of high half forward. Mm, it's, it's actually, I, I would have thought he's done that a lot more than just three times in his career, especially considering he's played for a decade. But um, really? he's had a highest highest average of 95 um, in his entire career. I reckon he's actually going to break and set a new record uh, for you know, average for his super coach across his career this year. I think he can go close to 100, and um, I'm just I'm just waiting. I'm not going to start him. I'm not taking the risk, but I'm, I'm just going to wait, and um, I think if I see it pretty early on, I might move relatively quickly on him. Might be your draft steal as well, I reckon. Um... He, um, well, I nearly I tried to handball your 
I'll handball him to your last year. You didn't want to take him. So I've actually um, no. I've kept him in my keeper league as well for this year. So Don't hate that. Yeah. I remember I, I, later in the season, I regretted not taking him as well because I think there was a couple of times I tried to get you something to get him in to try and secure the form. <laughs> you give me yeah, one anyway, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> mine's Todd Goldstein, and the reason being is because he's the only other player that I'm really looking at if Gorn doesn't play. Um, I think he's proven enough. Champion data rating him the second best midfielder in the comp, or the first best midfielder in the comp, sorry. So if Goldie's handing it down to the best midfielders going around, mate, he's got a sort Say of that again. Champion data rated Go- the best midfielder in the comp. Goldstein, the best midfielder. No, North Melbourne, the best midfielder. Oh, North Melbourne, the sorry. best midfielder. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Apologies. I thought the way you were saying it, there was like Todd Goldstein's the best midfielder. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, on a side note, Champion Data were looking for people. You know, I applied for Champion Data. Did I ever tell you that? Yeah, you did. I've never fucking heard from them. <laughs> they, can, they, can, they can fucking get fucked, mate. You know why? Because they've probably listened to the podcast for the last couple of years and just heard you absolutely slandered them over players like Bontempelli and et cetera. Corey, if they had any brains, they would have hired me and I would have changed my tune or what, mate. But now they can get fucked. Um, but yeah, look, Goldie's the only one. The, the back end of his season last year was immaculate. Um, 609, I like the price. There's a lot going Nick Nat and Jacobs. Nick Nat's the only other one that if... Look, I've always got a plan B if Gorn doesn't produce. It'd be probably Nick Nat or Goldie. Um, but I just like the Goldie. I think I, lo- I would like it as a unique pick if Gorn didn't get up as well, too. So, um, I, w- I wouldn't knock a team for starting Todd Goldstein. That rhymed. Very good genius over here, mate. He, he was better than Gorn in the second half. Yeah. I should have got his averages up, but I know I know he had a very strong second half of the year. Yeah, it was, it was better than Gorn's second half of the year. Because I remember coming up against him in finals and stuff. He'd come across these teams. He traded out Gorn when he missed that one game. Yeah. Sideways into Goldstein. You thought, beauty, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a one up on him. But every time you'd come across Gorn v Goldstein, it was like Goldie had 20, 30 points from every time. And I'm thinking, how the fuck am I losing this matchup? Yeah, nice can. He had a span. He had a span between rounds 15 to 22. He stunk it up in the um, granny. He scored 69. Listen to these scores. Rounds 15 to 22 though last year. 131, 148, 132, 124, 132, 118, 123, 176. You know what he was doing, Bob? Huge. He was rewinding the clock. <laughs> <laughs> they just needed you to say it. Or it just needed you to, just to say, Goldie's going to rewind the clock and you would have done it. Uh, your do not touch. Uh, do not touch. Ben Cunnington. We heard far too much about him last year, Corey. And particularly from you, and I traded him too, actually, in draft league as well, didn't I? I uh, absolutely stitched up on that one, I thought. But, I mean, fair him, and his back end was pathetic. And the amount of teams that were like, you know, and I copped a bit of shit last year, didn't I? Oh, you know, you told us not to get Marshall, you told us not to get, you know, fucking Zach Williams and all this kind of shit. Yeah, but you know what? I also told you not to get players like Ben Cunnington. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. Um, please don't start him. He's, he's not going to. You know, go anywhere near 110. Last year was his career best year, and he averaged 102. You know, he's only 27. Oh, I thought he was 37, Corey. Yeah. Um, I, just, <laughs> I, mean, I can't deal. The second time in his career, well, third time in his career, he's averaged over 95, and the first time he's averaged over 100. Uh, I mean, just uh, he's not classic 
relevant player. Draft, yeah, sure, grab it. Who doesn't like a flat 100 kind of player? But please don't in, in, the, in the classic format. Yeah, uh, my do not touch is Aaron Hall. He, he kind of seems to just suck a couple of people in every year. Just stay stay as far away from Aaron Hall as you can. Mid-priced again. He's a midfield only. He might give you a, you know, a two or three week span here or there, but just do not touch him. He was shit at Gold Coast. He's shit at Uh Smokey? Draft Smokey is going to be the same as my mid-price player, just because I kind of had this guy last year. I thought he served me well, just for Pittard. Um, look, you go going deep in your draft, you know, your last on-field kind of defender selection, you're running pretty thin because you've got 14 players in your league, whatever it is. You can pick up someone who can average 80 on the season, like a Jasper Pittard. Uh, it's pretty handy, I reckon. Yeah, no, I don't mind it. Mine's uh, Jai Simkin, just elevated to the leadership group. Um, again, another one of my love child, yeah, love child, love children, whatever you want to freaking call it. Um, been around, been around long enough now. Put on a little bit of size yeah, into the leadership group. You got him as a forward mid, so I, I don't mind it as the last pick in the draft. Um, should still be there or second, second last, and hopefully he goes and spends more time in the midfield and it pays off there. Gives you a ninety-five, a ninety to a ninety-five average. You take that for a forward mid that you picked up late, but uh, I'm telling you now, if I was picking Joy Simpkin, I'd be happy with a thirty average, Corey. Yeah, they're a tough team to pick. I, you know, the one that people might might forget about actually, and um, is that Tagger Ben Jacobs. Yeah. Now he hasn't played for a long, long period of time. And um, he might be just another draft spot. You know, you're batting, we're talking about leagues here that are probably batting very, very deep. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And, but you know what? There's no reason why he can't sort of, you know, as you like to say, wind back the clock. Because he had a period there where he averaged sort of half decently, didn't he? Uh, maybe not. I think the last four, he averaged 80 or something like that, if my memory serves me. Maybe he's 85 or something. No, I'll just look it up. 80, 80.2 he averaged in last season of football. There, played, was, there so. was a stage he put together a good like five-week patch, I remember. Yeah. We had a couple of yeah. chats about him. Um, it was like 100, 100, 100, 100, yeah. 100, 100. And, um, yeah. But I reckon, you know, he's just returning to football. But it, it might even be uh, worth noting just for the uh, captains coming up. Because if, um, if he's back in that North Melbourne team, he's a very good lockdown player. Uh, your outlandish statement? Uh, for North Melbourne, Atlantic statement, no player from North Melbourne will average 100. Oh, poor Todd Goldstein. Well, that's my Atlantic statement, cool. Uh, <laughs> I was going to have another whack at SM, but I thought... <laughs> yeah, North Melbourne will finish on top of this year. Yeah. Uh, my Atlantic statement is Todd Goldstein will wind back the clock and be the number one Ruckman by season 10. <laughs> Better than Grundy. Yeah, well, that's what he's doing. He's winding back that clock, mate. I'm kind of disappointed Brett not here now. He would, he would not have been happy with that one. <laughs> no, I would. Uh, anything else to add? Anything I missed out on? I don't think so, mate. That's been good. No, Brett has been... Um, so close to Marsh Cup now. My God. Well, we are only, and I mean only, a few days away. Are we, Corey? It's next week, isn't it? Yeah, touching distance. 21st. 21st, so, oh, um, so good. it's so it's going to be good. We'll, we're going to smash out this team podcast. Hopefully, we've done all teams kind of prior to that, and yeah, we'll see kind of how we end up. And, um, yeah, just, it, mate, it's going to be good to have footy back, eh? Oh, I cannot wait. You mean AFL-M back in months? Oh, AFL-M, AFL-Men's, yep. Uh, 
you know, just that, well, I'll tell you, Nick, we're fucking, you know, I've seen the article the other day saying AFLM, and I read that, and I, I honestly, for a second, thought, I'm changing fucking codes, because, I mean, if I have to add another fucking acronym or another letter onto the end of AFL, I mean, fair dinkum, these people, they're just taking it too far. But I was happy to, you know, when I read the article, now I'm just going to go on a rant in your podcast is over, feel free to switch off and listen. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, I was happy to hear that the president of the AFLW said, now nah, hold on a minute, we shouldn't actually be calling them AFLM. How about we scratch the W from the women's one and just call the women's league also AFL? Like, what's wrong with that? And I thought, finally, someone with some fucking common sense, Corey. Yep. Um, anyway. Yep. Someone say, hey, you see? <laughs> no, <don't worry. laughs> how bad? Hang on, you messaged me the other day and I'll study with the thing. How, how bad is it? Like doing a pod, and for 45 minutes, you have a fucking KFC ad flashing in your face. Hey, and you know what the best bit? I don't know if you've noticed this, right? But when it goes, just get KFC delivered, I don't know if you've got the same ad I do, and then it changes to decisions, decisions. So I'm here, oh, I'm, sitting right, here yeah. Thinking, yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, now fucking do I want Paddy Cripps or Tom Mitchell? <laughs> fucking decisions, decisions. Fuck it, Corey, I'll get a bucket. <laughs> just get KFC delivered instead. Did someone oh. say bucket? <laughs> Oh shit! Order now. Twenty five ten. They should hey, get. They should get on and sponsor us, Oregon. Hey, you, you know now we've got something very special upcoming next week as well, Corey, for the Western Bulldogs podcast. Should I share a little bit of information? Oh, is it confirmed? I'll say this: we may or may not have a special guest, and the special guest may or may not think that Josh Dunkley plays on a back back flank. <laughs> And uh, if we've got him on, we'll make sure he is about it, all right? That's all we'll say. Uh, listeners from last year will definitely know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> uh, and as always, look, we're looking for sponsors for this year too. So um, whatever you can offer, whatever you've got, uh, small businesses, large businesses, whatever's floating around, hit us up. We're always keen to have a bit of a chat about it. Um, and yeah, on behalf of... Bonks, not Brett, and myself, and our Patreon team at patreon forward slash SC Elites. Peace out, community, and thank you for listening.